Hey everyone, I'm Ludlow and he's Storley. And welcome to the TNL Playbook. Our goal is to share ideas and resources that can be useful for life and ministry. Nothing is off limits. While we aim to share the gospel because we both are in the seminary, we will seek to share what we think are practical ideas and resources that are useful to everyday living. We realize we all need Jesus, who is the source of all our needs, but we still need to live in this troubled and confusing world while going to our messed up churches with our less than perfect families with way more questions than answers. So this is our playbook for life and ministry. Come with us as we create and share ideas that will help us navigate this game of life. Welcome to another episode. Today we'll be talking about prophecy or nah. Yo, I feel like we just dated ourselves, bro. How so, man? Or nah is like so like two or three years or four or five years ago, but it's all good. I feel like it makes the point. Man, I thought that's what the young people are doing now. That's not what they're doing. Shame on you, Pastor Rowe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. We're talking about prophecy or not today. We want to look at how prophecy is interpreted. Now, don't get put off. Give us a few minutes. We're going to hit some good things today, I promise you. But first, we want to tell you about our social media. You can find us at TL Playbook on Facebook and Instagram. Go there, like, follow. That's where we pass information, and that's where we want you to share information with us. And again, it's important that you be a part of our social network, as we said this uh, podcast would also share resources. And when you're part of our community, that's where you'll see the resources that will share that will benefit you in life and in ministry. So let me ask you thoroughly, what are you grateful for? I am grateful for health. Mm. I'm grateful that, you know, even though it's minus 256 degrees outside. Man, stop it. <laughs> That, that God has put something within me to make me want to go to the gym, to want to work out, to want to take care of myself. And even though it's winter, even though it's bleak outside, I still feel great because of the exercise. So I want to thank God for that. Um, when you pray, ask God to share some of that with me because I need that too. But I'm <laughs> grateful for the Knicks not imploding right now. And so that's what I'm grateful for. For the, the Knicks New- not imploding. The New York Knicks are doing all right. I I'm mean, sure Spike Lee will agree with you. But. Man, a lot of folks will agree with me. I mean, the Knicks will break your heart, but I'm thankful that they're doing okay. It's unfortunately that I'm not in New York or being able to watch as many games as I would like to. But honestly, that's what I'm thankful for right now. All right, all right. You know, I mean, we, we, we give thanks for different things and hey, Go Knicks, go Knicks, go Knicks. <laughs> go New York, go New York, go. <laughs> yeah, man. So so my question is, since we're talking about prophecy or not, so what's the word on the street about prophecy, man? Man, I'm hearing some crazy things. And we're going to, the things that are just crazy. Like I'm hearing about this, the recent thing with COVID, 5G caused COVID. Oh, we never know, bro. <laughs> you see, that's, that's my best X-Files. <laughs> I'm walking around with my phone in my pocket 
5G phone giving me COVID. But the reality is, I mean, there's some myths out there as it relates to prophecy. And those are things that are being spread. Also, the vaccine. Mm. I mean, the COVID that vaccine. A that lot of folks are, are afraid of taking it because they believe that they're going to use it to implant chips in them or it's a sign of the mark of the beast. And I mean, those are just some things that you're hearing and you scratch your head and you're like, huh? So those are some of the things I'm hearing. What about you? You know, one of the things I've always heard and, you know, there, there is some kind of validity to it, but I feel like it needs to be placed in the, the proper context mm-hmm. is that we're always hearing whenever, we, you know, we hear people talk about prophecy is is something that the Pope is doing. Oh. And people get shook every mm-hmm. time the Pope, you know, stands up to do something or, I don't know, go to the bathroom or something, not to make light of it. Yeah. But everybody gets shook, like, oh my gosh, it's about to happen, it's about to happen now. Every time something happens in Rome, everybody everywhere seemed to get shook. And it seemed as though it is not something that people are afraid of, but it's almost that they're conditioned to want to hear it so they can be afraid. And maybe that kind of anxiety drives them to a deeper spirituality. I don't really know. Um, but it just it just seems it just seems that way. Yeah, but isn't that the wrong approach though? I don't believe that the purpose of prophecy is to make you scared or or, or drive you to a relationship with God out of fear. I believe prophecy is when you hear prophecy, when you see it being fulfilled, you're supposed to get excited because it means the word of God is true. Uh It means what God says is happening. Uh And if you have confidence and faith in God, when prophecy is being being fulfilled, it's like that meme I I see, I guess it's with Drake, Uh when it's like the, the up one when he's like, Nah, and then when it's right, he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you that's what it's supposed It's supposed to be, okay, God, your word is being fulfilled. And so if we teach prophecy right, if it's understood right, uh-huh. it's supposed to get us excited about the God we serve, saying that he didn't just leave us here by ourselves to figure it out. He put some things in his word, and he said, these are the things will happen. And when you see them get excited, it means I'm coming soon, and I'm looking out for you. You know what? Yo, I, I really like that that position that you're taking, because if, if, if I'm on God's team, if I'm all team God, mm-hmm. right? And God says it's coming soon, and his word says certain things are going to happen before he comes, but I'm straight with God. Yeah. Then I don't need to worry. Nah. However, however... If I worry, it's an indication, maybe an indication that I don't want to admit to, mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm maybe not be living the life that I'm supposed to be living. That's why, you know, I want to be guilted into praying. I want to be guilted into, mm-hmm. in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like we, we, we hear this, this side of, of, of Bible teaching yeah. that, that, you know, you know, that we hear out there. And it gets people shook and it gets people into this anxiety so they could run to pray. But it's not what the rest of the Bible teaches that there's peace in God, there's hope in God, there's joy in God. You know, God is our refuge and our strength. And it's almost like these things of the Bible is almost separated from prophecy. And I'm like, hold up. If we're going to go through some time of trouble, don't we going to need some God is our refuge and our strength? So, so if we're not studying all of that, and if we're not solid in that, and if we're not singing that, if we're not studying that, if we're not praying that, then what are we going to do when all this trouble going to come? Prophecy ain't going to help us then we're gonna run scared and lose faith exactly and lose hope exactly and so that's why i think the understanding of prophecy and specifically how we teach it mm-hmm. as christians as ministers as leaders as those that are doing bible study we got to be mindful we got to pray fully 
mm-hmm. teach prophecy so that when people hear it they're not fearful right. we don't we don't guilt them into following god because if you if you if you guilt them into doing something after a while the guilt wears off and mm-hmm. they're just going to go back and they didn't really develop any real relationship and the whole point is to develop a relationship with christ through studying the word through prayer through uh spending time with him and he'll reveal things to you and as you again as you see these things happening you don't get afraid you don't spread myths and if you as a teacher have a relationship or a minister whatever your your position is have a relationship with god for yourself then you're going to be intentional to make sure that when you teach and preach you do it from a place of love to encourage people to bring them in not a place where okay I'm, who am i going to guilt today into following christ so i can say i got 10 people baptized i I did bible study with 20 people nah that's not what it's all about it's about sharing the love of jesus sharing the truth that's in the bible so that we can prepare for the second coming of jesus you know you know in in truth and all honesty i don't think those who are teaching really have that agenda to say hey who am i going to guilt today however Sometimes the message communicated is not the message received. Mm-hmm. You don't intend to do that, but that's how it's received by individuals who yeah. who are who are listening. And and this is the thing that you know when when I listen to you speak, it's it's almost like the spirit of God is kind of showing me certain things, even about myself, even about my past, mm-hmm. and how I have done things, and how you know I have I've looked upon people a certain way, and I've approached things a certain way, and I realize now how naive I am, and how the spirit of God, if we allow Him he will mold you into what you need to be and you can't be a reflector of anybody else's thoughts uh. and then i feel like that's that's something that's happening now you mentioned relationship but what i find that many of our folks are full of is information mm-hmm. now we know that information is like the first tier the first dimension of relationship because it's the information that i know about you that caused me to draw closer to you mm-hmm. but the problem is we have all this information and we are such a people of apologetics we we know where to find it we know how to break it down mm-hmm. we know every nook and cranny of the scripture we could turn the bible upside down and still be bad at it (laughs) but at the same time but what is that doing for us how is that making us better you know i've heard a preacher said you know what the the the, some of the most awful people that are out there are people who you know the christians the awful christians out there the ones who are the long skirts and the vegetarians you see what i'm saying and i'm like not not to say i'm picking on them but it has to translate to more than just information and i'm glad we're talking about this i'm really happy that we're talking about this because I think our view of the Bible and our view of prophecy has to change. Yeah. And I believe that a lot of our young people who love Jesus, they they shy away from things that has to do with prophecy because of the stigma in how it is taught. Yeah. And, and as pastors, um, Pastor Ludlow, it's very important that, number one, we are good pulpiteers because we have to be persuasive in presenting the word of God. But when that portion of the work is done, it's very important that we help to lay foundations in our churches with our people as to how they can take principles of study, principles from the word of God, and dig deeper for themselves. Yeah, and I think something you said is key to how we do that. Don't be reflectors of, of other people. And so I think a, a lot of times when we, we present something, we present it based on how we learned it, 
how it was presented to us. And I think even if you take our church history, and if you, if you ever notice, based on a church you visit, a type of congregation, maybe in Jamaica, in the Caribbean, in New York, or even here where we are in the Midwest, you realize that how people teach things and how they approach the same subject is different based on how that traditional of mm-hmm. learning comes down. So yeah. if you learn it, like say growing up in the Caribbean where it's fire and brimstone type thing, mm-hmm. that's how you learn it. That's how it was taught to you. And so that's how you're going to present it. And it's going to go a few generations. So if you hear it presented some other way, you're going to say that's heresy mm-hmm. or you're speaking uh, biblical or you're, or you're not speaking the truth. Meanwhile, you're speaking the truth. You're just presenting the information in a way so that people can get it and understand it and not being fearful, but want to form that relationship that is required in order to have a, 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 a closer walk with Christ. And I, I really love what you just brought up, um, speaking of bringing in culture into this. And I feel like that's very important. And that is something you know often that, that individuals don't take into consideration. You mentioned, you know, how it's being taught in Jamaica. And let's say that person from Jamaica migrated to the United States. Mm-hmm. You can't teach it the same way because the cultures are different. Mm-hmm. And that is why you will find, you know, even now, and we could talk about this in a, in a different podcast, and I think we will because this is very important. There, there's certain, the way how the 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 back homers mm. as I, if I, I could call them that the way how they teach it the way how they approach spirituality is very different from how um, their children and their grandchildren yeah. approach and it seems as though nobody can meet in the middle of the bridge yeah and I feel like it's it's our duty as as um as as pastors that when we're blessed to, to be over these congregations to be able to decipher and to see the differences in culture and help to kind of bring them by not just teaching a a a a a, a one-sided culture because n- naturally what works in Jamaica may work in Jamaica and what work in America may work in America and we have to say hey how are we going to bridge this gap and that's when we bring the principles of study the principles of the word of god and that will do away with all culture right there yeah and 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 it's and, it, and even if you say what will work in jamaica may not work in america i mean what worked for your parents may not work for you mm-hmm. i mean i'm a dad i got two kids and the way how i was raised thank god for grace and mercy <laughs> but that same approach won't work with my kids yeah my kids flat out look at me and say i'm like bedtime i'm not going to bed no Mm. Am I gonna use? You'd have been dead if you said that, <laughs> <laughs> right? Am I gonna use the methods my parents use to get me to bed on Talk my kids? It. it won't work. Exactly. And so it's the same approach, especially our young people that we talk about are leaving a church mm. in droves that have no interest. How are you gonna teach them Bible prophecy so that one, it stick. Mm-hmm. Two, they're interested and want to learn more. We got to change the approach. I'm not saying change the message because the message is legit. Mm-hmm. The message is real. It's Absolutely. authentic, mm-hmm. but it's the way we present it and teach it. We have to find a way to do that so that our young people will have that zeal and that desire to learn more. And not only learn it for themselves, but get excited to go and say to their friends, look, come here what I learned, yep. come see what I learned, mm-hmm. and shit. So we got to change the method so that they can get it and be excited about it. And you know what? The method is not new. Mm-hmm. 
the method is just not known mm -hmm. or widely known. And that's why, you know, that's one of the things I want to get off my chest. You see what I'm saying? Okay. The, the, the way how we do it. The way how we do it. And I think that's... Boy, you better turn your phone off, man. All right? <laughs> that's something I want to get off my chest is the way how we, the way how we do it. And I, I want to start with um, Revelation 1.1. 1, 1. Right, it's it's a simple Bible text that we often we often overlook, and 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 I'm going to talk about some things, and I'm going to be really honest in what I say because I believe in scholarship, and scholarship is important. When my car breaks down, I go to the subject matter expert, mm -hmm. and I feel like if we are pastors, we got to be subject matter expert in the things yeah. that we do. We should not be, you know you know, wrapped around somebody's finger with the thing that we have toiled over to learn, that we have prayed, that we have studied, we should know our craft. And when I look at Revelation 1 verse 1, it says, Revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The apocalyptos. And I'm going to drop some Greek because <laughs> that is important. Because in, 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 in our mindset, apocalyptos is where we get the word apocalypse. And if you ask somebody what is apocalypse, what's an apocalypse, the first thing they're going to do, they're going to give you the Hollywood definition, yeah. which is the end of the world, which is incorrect. The end of the world is eschatology, which is a study of end times. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So there, right there, we have a, a divide in the understanding. Yeah. So apocalyptos means something to reveal. Mm -hmm. So the Bible is saying there is something to be revealed about Jesus Christ. And in the very first sentence of the book, the Bible tells us what the book is about. Yeah. Therefore, therefore, if, if you find yourself in a meeting, if you find yourself in a Bible study, if you find yourself in an argument, whatever, that's talking about end times and, you know, people always like to talk about Sunday laws and all those things are, are valid and they will come. But if the, 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 the heart of that conversation, which is a prophetic conversation, mm -hmm. is not to reveal Jesus Christ, then that doctrine is not of God. Amen. And that's true. And again, we we all get excited about this is what I know. This is what the Bible says. And that's good. But does it reveal Jesus Christ? Does it mm -hmm. reveal his love? Does it reveal his plan for you? Does it reveal all these things? Or does it make you scared and want to run and hide? Because I don't want to serve a God that's, that's fearful, that I have to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. I mean... If that was what God wanted, he would have done this thing a total different way. Exactly. He would have, when when Lucifer sinned, he would have just said, okay, I'm just going to extinguish you where you stand. And then the universe would have served him out of fear. Mm -hmm. And we have to remember that this whole great controversy is up, especially with us being in the midst of it, is to reveal God's character to the universe. Mm -hmm. And God's character doesn't reveal a character of fear uh, it's a character of love, of compassion. The Bible talks about Jesus when he was mixing and mingling with, with the folks that he was dealing with. Mm -hmm. He showed compassion. So how can that same God who is showing compassion mm -hmm. is going to also make you fearful of him that you're going to have to walk the straight and narrow? Kind of like, again, when my parents are raising me, look, the, the straight and narrow, and I put the fear of God in you, so you do what I want. <laughs> eh, that's not yeah. going to work. You see, I, I love the fact that you you contrasted the Jesus that is supposed to exist in Revelation to the Jesus that's in the gospel and the Jesus spoken about in the Old Testament by David. 
You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus was referred to his rock, his refuge, his strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. That was Jesus to him. And Jesus didn't even come yet. Yeah. But Jesus came and then Jesus left and we're studying Revelation and there's no Jesus in Revelation. The only time you're going to tell me about Jesus is when, you know, he goes to the throne and then when he's coming back. Is that the only two? No, you need to go back and study. Yeah. Every book shows something about Jesus. And if you're not seeing Jesus, you're not studying it properly. And then even when you look at Old Testament um, prophecies, when the the, the prophets are, are given prophe- um, prophecies, they it's a, it's a warning. They're like, look, Israel, you've gone astray, you've messed up, but there's a chance for you to be reconciled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you don't reconcile, this is what will happen. But if you do, God will restore you. Yeah. And it's the same thing in Revelation. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, times of trial is going to come, yes, because again... It's, it's a battle between good and evil. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be something bad is going to happen. But the Bible is telling us that if we be, if we're on the side with Christ, if we're on the side of God, if we build that relationship, regardless of what come, he's going to provide, he's going to make a way, he's going to see us through. And if he sees us through it, then we'll enjoy the fruits of what we've just been through. We'll have that moment where we're, caught up to meet him we're in heaven we're in glory where jesus himself will be our god where we don't have to experience the same things we experience mm-hmm. but those are the things that are being prophesied so if we understand them in their proper proper context and if we realize it's about building a relationship with christ then we don't have anything to worry about you know i'm, I'm, I'm i want to take what you just said and i want to add two dimensions to it you said understanding this proper context which means that you must be a, there has to be there has to be a teacher and there has to be a student, right? Now, I love what Ephesians says, and this is the realness of it. And I'm going to read it because I don't want anybody to, to believe that I'm being disrespectful because I'm in the seminary and I'm being taught and I'm haughty and I'm nothing. Mm. This is just the God honest truth. You would not allow me to do surgery on you. No. no. So this is what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, 11 and 12. And he personally gave some apostles. I'm not an apostle. Mm. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Mm -hmm. Why? For the training of the saints. Mm -hmm. Now, you can't train somebody if you weren't trained. What are you teaching them? For the training of the saints in the work of ministry. To build up the body of Christ. Now, as you said earlier, if people are shook and if people are afraid, how are you building up the body of Christ? If people are, if people are anxious, if people, you know, the Bible says be anxious for nothing, but in everything, prayer and supplication, let your request be known unto God. But if after you have done and you have shown, you know, what the man of sin is doing and da, 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 you, you're breaking these things down. But yeah, you have not, you have not wrapped it up with hope that yeah, Jesus got this. God got mm-hmm. you. You know, we're going to be in a world of sin, da, 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 but Jesus has the last say. Yeah. Then what are you teaching? And this is saying, number one, you teach. God gave these 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 gifts to these people. Not everybody are preachers. Not everybody are pastors. Not everybody's a prophet. Now, for each of these segments, each segment has a particular particular role in the church. And for some people, they don't even understand that they have a prophetic role in the church. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that we need to teach people that when you have a certain temp- temperament, it means that you fulfill one of these goals. And there are individuals who are excellent teachers. They're able to, to take something that is obscure, hard to understand, and break it down that even a child can understand and 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 that's key right there because again 
we all need to stay in our lane, so to speak. Ooh, because the role that we all got to play in this is to build up the, the church of Christ. To so build if it up ain't the your body, gift, leave it alone. Up. Exactly. So you might feel like you have something to say, but you must really try your best to constrain yourself. Is that what you're trying to tell me? That's what I'm saying. My if Lord. it's not your role, don't do it. Because God has someone to fill that role. And, and, and I mean... I think there's so much we can just take from that, mm. even even as pastors. Sometimes we try to do things in church mm. that we're just not qualified to do. That is true. Leave the experts that we have that God put in the churches we're in to do those things, and it's the same thing with prophecy. God gives some of us the ability, like you said, to break it down in such a way that a, a child can understand it. If we don't have that ability, I mean, let's leave it alone and let those that who can. Do it. I so, mean, so I'm we, got not to, we got tools out there trying to be hands, right? <laughs> see, and, and, and I like how you say, you know, we need to stay in our lane. And that's just the God's honest truth because if we don't, we hurt people that way. Yeah. And so many individuals have walked out of the church because we have presented something that we think is right. But what we have done, we have fooled that person with despair and discouragement. And that person saw no hope when they felt like, yo, I saw hope. But if you're showing me these things so convincingly, yeah. then I... I can't make it. Yeah. And what I like, it says, he gave them. Yeah. Did he give you? And these are the honest questions that we need to ask ourselves. Not just in Bible, but just in life. Am I qualified to do what I do? You know, some of us have jobs that we're not happy with. Why? Because we know we're not gifted for that, but we just need to get a paycheck. Yeah. But if we just put ourselves in a place where our giftings, you know, is working for us, then we'll be happy and we will thrive in that area. Young age. You have some experience, and we're yeah. and we we just see things, and we're just chatting. I right. mean, we could just be if if the seminar was open, we'd be sitting in the commons talking. That's for sure. But since it's not, why not get some mics and and cheer, right? Exactly, exactly. So that's basically what we're doing. We're not trying to bash or tear down. We're just having a conversation, and folks want to hear it, so we're sharing it. Now you know. One of the things that I find to be important is, as I said, how we do things. Yeah, and. How includes learning. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand the approaches that are there, the ones that are right. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that I've learned um, in Old Testament, New Testament, and even in eschatology, which is the, the study of end times, is that as Seventh-day Adventists, we have, we use what's called a historical grammatical approach, mm -hmm. which means that if something was written, we study the history. We study the context, when it was said, who was it said by, under what circumstance. We try to understand that. And then we try to understand the grammar. Mm -hmm. Because we understand that, you know, Greek and Hebrew can be complex and it's yeah. much more complex than English. So in understanding those two elements, we can come to the closest understanding of what the author is trying to communicate to yeah. us. And outside of that, there are the different views that have been developed over time that can be used to in to 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 um to understand revelation and and prophecy and what a lot of people don't know is that some some commentaries that they're using to to expound on the word of god can be based on an approach that the bible cannot totally support and that is so key what you just just said right because i mean when we're lay people in church preparing to preach whatever it is mm -hmm. if we have we have our bible maybe we got a couple versions we have our, a bible commentary it's mm -hmm. probably the sda bible commentary mm -hmm. then we have our 
um, which is concordance. Uh, uh, then we have our concordance, and then some of us may, may we may have access to some other Bible commentary, uh-huh. but we don't realize through what lens the writer for those exactly. Bible commentary uh-huh. are using to present the information. So then we take it, and then but we're not exposed to uh-huh. different views, so that we can come up with something that fits in the context that we're teaching the congregation we're teaching. So as you bring that up. I'm going to ask you as the scholar among us, break some of these views down to us. I know there's a couple. There's the idealist, the futurist, the historical, the historist that you just break down. Break down some of these for us and how we can apply them in our context when we're teaching Bible prophecy. Um, I'm going to be going to be brief. And um, of course, you know, if you're listening, you could go further or you could, you know, shoot us a, a DM, you know, um, TL playbook. Um, we could talk about it then. But for the idealists, they see the prophetic word as simply stories. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a stories. Yeah. Not, it's, there's nothing to it. It's just stories, really nicely crafted stories that you could see a lot of Hollywood almost resemble, almost resemble. And, and, and I'm glad you said that because I'm thinking, when you think about that, it's like when you watch some of these fantasy type mm-hmm. movies and you watch it and you're like, there's something seem like that sounds familiar. Yeah. And you realize it's the, it's not just Christians that read the Bible folks. Exactly. Other folks read the Bible to get ideas to use to entertain. Exactly. So, go ahead. so that's the idealist approach. And the next approach is the futurist approach where they say, um, that which is written um, in the word is is to be looked at right before the coming of second coming of Christ. I don't have to worry about it now. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen before, but all these things that are written will happen then. And I think that's a, a, a ploy by Satan to give us a, com- a false sense of comfort mm-hmm. when Christ is saying, no, I need you to have a proper understanding. And again, when you take that approach, and we may not think, because I mean, when I was younger, and we hear these things being preached in church. I'm like, man, that's not going to happen in my lifetime. But exactly. the reality is, the thing is, you know what? And a, a note here. A professor once said to us, if you want to have a legacy or if you want to, to make an impact, put things in writing. Because mm. I thought, I'm sitting in church, I mean, I'm like, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But someone who dis- who had the same thought decided to put that in writing yeah. maybe through a commentary mm-hmm. and then we end up reading it and then we end up with that view exactly because all the views that we have is passed down either by word of mouth um through books that we read through some sort of communication mm-hmm. so we have to understand the intent of the person and that's why reading and doing your research of those who who create these these thought these thought-driven books, mm-hmm. you know, these exegetical books, um, we have to understand their intent because a lot of these books are driven by certain presuppositions. And presuppositions are these, you know, approaches that we're talking about. And and as you say that, mm-hmm. we're talking about people who write these thought books. You need to... The same thing applies in 2021 when it comes to the videos that you post on social media. Talk about it. See who sends it. Find out what their intent is. Exactly. Why is this video being produced? Who's being... Because not everything... I mean, I'm in some groups, man, and the videos come, I'm like, oh. I mean, don't share it unless you've done your exegete on it. Exactly. To see if it makes sense. Is it true? It may sound 
I'll ex- but then when you break it down, I don't care how many newspaper you cut and internet <laughs> clipping you got. What's your intent? Because some of yeah. y'all sound just mad. Yeah, so you got to be... So back then it was books. Now it's videos that are being posted exactly. on, on, on social media. And it's so much easier to, to share that. Yeah. Now, you know, the preterist is 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 the past. Mm-hmm. They're saying everything in, in, in the... And prophecy happened already. We ain't got to worry about that. Mm. So you could see that's a problem as well. But historicist, this is where what we believe in, which says historicist approach um, believes that what John wrote, a portion of it had to do with his time, especially like the first three books speaking about the churches, right? Mm-hmm. And from that point forward, it goes into the future. So it's his present going into his future, which is, which is you know, where we are up until the coming of Christ. Now, this is where my, my fear is. Mm-hmm. When we take a book, that we, like we spoke about the puzzle, when we take a book, just to study a book by itself, mm-hmm. if we're not careful with the material that we use, with how we approach it, we could end up, without even knowing, studying it from... For example, a preterist standpoint, then when we put it back into the puzzle to try to see the big picture, it doesn't match up with what's around it because what we're doing, we are not studying the piece in light of the whole. Mm -hmm. And sometimes studying the piece in light of the whole may be more difficult. Sometimes this is not a mere line upon line. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes some grammatical study. Sometimes it takes some 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 um what's, what's the term I'm looking for some certain certain methods of understanding prophecy and that is why you need to be taught and that's why the Bible says to some he gave teachers why because these individuals understand that if I got this gift and I feel the burden of being proficient in this gift I am going to learn as best as I can so I can take what I was what I was taught and distill it so everybody can see Jesus in light of how Jesus wants to be seen. Yeah. And 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 that's key. At the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. Does it reflect Jesus? If it doesn't, then you know, you need to you, you need to, to, to reconsider that. And again, the Holy Spirit, man. Spend time in prayer. Yeah. Agonize with God. Mm-hmm. Ask God. Reveal it. Think about Daniel. Daniel didn't understand. He prayed about it. Mm-hmm. And God sent him the answer. It took a little while because obviously the devil didn't want him to, to get the prophecy. So it took a little while. But I mean, as we said earlier, the Bible says, don't be anxious for anything. But with everything, with prayer and supplication, make your requests be known to God. And I feel like that's a fitting way to wrap up this session on prophecy or not. So the answer to that question is absolutely prophecy. Prophecy is a beautiful thing. It tells us of where where we're going to go. And I love what the Bible says. um, Surely the Lord will do nothing but reveal his secret unto his servant, the prophets. And the Bible says um, in the book of John, I tell you these things before they come to pass, that when they come to pass, you might believe. That's beautiful. That's God saying, yo, I'm going to hook you up by giving you a heads up. That's an awesome God to me. And isn't that, and, and that's the whole point, right? God exactly. God didn't just leave us to wander on our own. It's, it's the playbook for the end time. There, there, there you go. There you go. The playbook for the end time. So thanks again for, for listening. Check out our social media. Uh, uh, comment. Let us know what your thoughts are. We can have a conversation and just pray together. Pray for us as we pray for you, as we study God's word, as we look forward 
to his second coming. God bless. See you on Monday. Thanks for listening. Please look out for a new episode every Monday. Special thanks to Ashova uh, Acoustic Wave for providing our theme music. Also want to shout out Dwayne Rowe for the logo. Check him out on Instagram at Dwayne Rowe and his website DwayneRowe.com for more art. And don't forget to like and follow us at TL Playbook on Instagram and Facebook. Until then, see you next Monday.